We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, kicking off the Aftermath episode this week. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, here we sit a little more than 24 hours removed from the gut reaction, and I think the vast majority of Broncos fans uh, wanted, nay, expected Sean Payton to send a certain head rolling today. Didn't happen. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen. How do you make sense of that for our great uh, viewers and listeners? I understand people are looking for the scapegoat, but we talked about last night. He's Sean Payton is going to ride the VJ card out as long as he can, because once you fire VJ, you get rid of your scapegoat. All eyes, all fingers point back to you. And the spotlight would be even more and the criticism more on Sean Payton, considering he handpicked VJ. I still feel the same, uh, you know, mostly about the game. The only thing that's different, I've had about 24 hours to collect myself, reflect unfortunately watch the game back again the r word is something i'm entertaining now that i wasn't 24 hours ago and by r word i mean rebuild because at this point and three playoffs are looking like a far far cry and the talent level on the roster take away vj take away all the coaching incompetence the talent just isn't there and they've you know put band-aids over bullet holes they've done half measures half rebuilds unfortunately considering how the year is going I think it's time to uh, embrace the full-scale R-word. It's definitely not what fans want to hear. Three weeks into a season and just a few months removed from a Super Bowl-winning head coach coming in and taking over. But unfortunately, and hey, it is still early. I'm going to throw that caveat here, okay, because it is still early. The probabilities are what they are. Uh, But we're only six months into Sean Payton. Fans were expecting this to be a thing this year. The fans were expecting us, the Broncos, to at least be that competitively relevant. Were fans expecting, uh, you know, New Orleans Saints circa 2009? No. Were they expecting 2013 Broncos? No. But at least competitive relevancy, and we're sitting here three weeks in, exact opposite of that. I don't think the uh, 
Broncos are necessarily, Zach, in the best position to rebuild, like to just kick off a rebuild next year, because as it stands right now, they're over the cap by a wide margin in 2024. You know, you cut Russell Wilson with or without him, you're eating it. Over the next couple of years, whatever it was, I'm, I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but it's something like $80 million, 80 million bucks. Um, I think we'll know for sure on that front, Zach, as far as the, re, you know, is, is Peyton's mind trending toward rebuild? If and when he sits down Russell Wilson and puts in Jared Stidham, if and when that happens, it's a clear signal that, okay, we're done. The Russ era is over. <laughs> we're going to see what we have now because we're definitely not doing this again next year. Well, the one way to get back under the cap, if you can uh, swing it, would be to shed those bloated contracts. And when I say bloated contracts, I'm looking at not even just Russ, but Simmons, Bowles, Sutton. These are highly paid veterans that probably aren't in the Broncos' future plans. And you mentioned even if the Broncos are in Cap Hill, Chad, Cap Hell, excuse me, that is part of a rebuild, unfortunately. You have to go through one sucky down year, bite the bullet, knowing that they'll be better the following year. But it's, I think it's come time. They've avoided it. They've ducked it. They've changed coaches and GMs and players, schemes and everything. Nothing's working. And I think the stark reality is they have to blow it up and rebuild from the bottom up. Time will soon tell. Let's do some hellos and some catch up here on some generous Super Chat superstars, including and starting with Troy uh, jumping in way early tonight. Thank you, big dog. Really appreciate you. He says, hey, guys, was gone and recorded the game, but never watched after I heard the score. Sounds like the Rams game last year. I hope we can progress like we did, though, end of last year. Losing is getting old. Any bright spots in the game? Uh really tough Troy to find a bright spot in that game other than in my opinion Marvin Mims Jr. is really the only thing I could you know write home about like if if I was your only connection Troy and we had each other's phone numbers and I was the only way you could find out anything good that happened I would text you and say hey uh lost by 50 but Marvin Mims was dope other than that Zach I mean is there anything I mean let's talk about Russell Wilson he right. was okay First half again, solid, okay. It wasn't his fault. Cortland Sutton dropped two uh, mm -hmm. balls or fumbled two balls away, okay? It wasn't his fault that touchdowns were getting wiped off the board. He probably was on pace for a much more productive day in this in the box score, Zach. But once again, you kind of get into that third, uh, pardon me, second half, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, just inability to sustain the momentum you had from the first half. Well, I, I will 100% put the Broncos' second-half woes on them in the first couple weeks, especially week two against Washington. But, Chad, when you're down at the half, what, what was it, 34, 35, 42, whatever it was, they were getting blown out. The game was effectively over by then. So when your defense is putting you in that hole, there's not really much you can do uh, to overcome it. Russell Wilson could have played the best game of his career yesterday. It really wouldn't have mattered if the defense is allowing 70, 70, 7-0 to the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, the overall picture, I think Russell Wilson has been a bright spot this season. I want to rattle off some numbers I compiled before the podcast tonight. This is Russ ranks in the top 10 in these categories, okay? Completions of 40-plus yards tied for first. Touchdown passes tied for fifth. Completions of 20-plus yards tied for fifth. Yards per pass attempt, sixth. Passing yards, seventh. Passing yards per game, seventh. Passer rating, eighth. That's a top 10 quarterback by most, if yeah. not all metrics, Chad. 
So it's unfortunate, if anything, they finally got their quarterback figured out. Even their special teams, a a long-standing bugaboo, Achilles heel of the team, has looked a lot better under Mike Westhoff. The sad part is those things have progressed in a year that the defense regressed. And the irony... The irony, too, about that is, you know, some of the when Sean Payton was talking about Zach, some of his qualifiers for the team, you know, the next team he would coach. We heard things about, you know, the front office and ownership, quarterback, et cetera. But one of the things that drew him to the Broncos was a good it was a good defense. It was a good defense. If you're Sean Payton and you're an offensive oriented guru on that side of the ball. Hey, it's very attractive to see a defense that you feel like you don't necessarily have to divert too much of your attention and expertise away from to micromanage. But then you went and hired Vance Joseph and kind of made that a problem for yourself. And now here you are. So it's unfortunate. I mean, 10 touchdowns. Uh, If you miss the game, count yourself lucky. We're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. So 13 true possessions, Zach, not counting the kneel down to end the uh, first half. 10 touchdowns. The only ones that didn't end in a touchdown were were a, 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 a downs that the Broncos got a fourth down stop. That was their only like one defensive uh, save, you know, ability to save face, we'll say, saving grace. And then uh, one punt, one punt on 13 true possessions. Everything else wasn't just field goals, Zach. It was touchdowns. And if you look at the plays, nine play drive touchdown, 11 play drive touchdown, six play, 11 play, nine play. I mean, it was just absolutely brutal. The Broncos, you couldn't even call them a turnstile because you do have to slow down at least a little bit to pass through. Rod TV, what's up, bro? So good to see you. Appreciate you jumping in with the super. He says, I've seen you guys criticized and others on the chat when Harris Talib and Emmanuel. Uh, felt the way the uh, for feeling the way they felt about the direction of the team losing and being mediocre, and yet seven years later, we're still here. Elway and Joe, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, it's been a long time, dude. World of suck. What did what did uh, Alex Singleton say after the game last night, Zach? Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football, and when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. He said we sucked. I mean, that two words that summed it up perfectly. I don't want to look too much in the past. Obviously, John Elway made his mistakes. Joe Ellis made their mistakes. But I wanted to add on to the point about the game yesterday. Tua Tagovailoa had more touchdown passes than incompletions. That's Wild. that's sobering. Number two, four games combined last year. The Broncos' first four games, they allowed a combined 68 points. A combined with mostly the same personnel. So you do the math. And, and Rod TV, we can trace it back to Elway and Ellis and all that, but the fact of the matter is Sean Payton in the year 2023, and Sean Payton alone, nothing to do with Elway, nothing to do with Joe Ellis, he made the conscious choice to hire Vance Joseph, and that one choice torpedoed the entire season. Rod TV, thank you, buddy. Um, the Lady D from the top rope. So good to see you, Deanna. You, uh, really, really appreciate you helping us keep the lights on. She says, I'm so mad about VJ still having a job. As if the game wasn't bad enough, I feel the Penner, Walton Penner group uh, in not firing VJ has just decided to tank. To me, that's not only disgusting, but sickening too. It's hard to, uh, you know, I don't necessarily think it's tank, um, like purposefully tank. It's, hey, what's the worst that could happen? We end up with a top five pick. I think honestly... You know, Zach talked about this last night in the immediate aftermath of the game on the gut reaction, kind of, if he doesn't get fired, why Vance Joseph? And I think it's honestly the reason today, and that is pride, saving face. This early into his regime, Zach, Sean Payton, even though it's 0-3, he can't be perceived as the guy who's already second-guessing. He can't be perceived as the guy uh, who doesn't, uh, exude the perception that he knows exactly what he's doing. He might still end up having to fire Vance Joseph at some point after this season, depending on how it all plays out and the complexion thereof. But in order to save face, not just with uh, internally with players and everything else, but like media fans, just oh, the whole thing, he's staying the course. And I hope it's not uh, going to further blow up in the team's face because it is, Zach, a little bit uncomfortable when you realize that this was a plausibly uh, 
you know, plausibly threatening defense last year with a first-time coordinator. I mean, think about it. When we look back on 2022's defense as far as the key players, who was on that roster that's not today, at least from week one? Bradley Chubb and Draymond Jones. Who else? I mean, Ronald Darby, who played like for a cup of coffee and then got hurt. You can't really count him. He didn't really factor into the defense at all last year. All those dudes are still here, with the exception of Baron Browning, maybe, Zach, but he's coming back. He'll be back at some point. So, yeah, it, it is uh, It is very much in this case when you're trying to explain how this same collection of players that no one was really, Zach, talking last year about this dearth of talent on defense, suddenly everyone wants to point to the talent. Maybe there's some truth to it, but really what changed? It was the coordinator. Like usual, I mean, two things can be true, and, and oftentimes they are. The, the talent level is not good enough. The players share responsibility. There were 24 missed tackles. It was charted. 24 missed tackles against the Miami Dolphins. You put on that film, I thought week two was bad. That was the worst defensive film I have ever seen in my 34 years of existence on this planet. But whether they're purposely tanking, I think, is, is the more pointed question. Now it's almost accidental. You're 0-3. Right now, if the season ended, you would pick second overall in the NFL draft. Sean Payton talked about before he got the Broncos job how generational of a prospect Caleb Williams is and how he's he would be dying to coach him. So you have to keep it in the back of your mind that maybe it's on a full-fledged intentional tank, but if they lose a bunch of games this year, in Sean Payton's mind, there would be some silver lining. He was pissed. By the way, Mike, thank you. The Ronk in the house. You know how much we love and appreciate you, big dog. Um, Sean Payton was, I mean, if this is not to excuse what happened yesterday, but if anyone thinks that Sean Payton was just A-OK with how things unfolded at Hard Rock Stadium, he was not, dude. He was embarrassed. He was looking like being at the podium last night, Zach, was the last thing on earth he wanted to be doing right now. He got to a point very early on in the uh, presser to where he's snapping at reporters. What's the question? What's the question? I already answered that. What's the question? Where it's like this dude was, is very displeased. Let's just put it that way. Um, he did make one point here, Zach, that is kind of, I think, unfortunately getting lost in the shuffle a little bit, and that is it's not as an excuse again, but it was, let's remember, the Dolphins are pretty dang good. Like it's a really good, good offense, okay? You, 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 you pair that with a in-over-his-head incompetent defensive coordinator and a group of players who, although they were playing well last year, are just in some kind of a funk, some kind of a schneid, right? They're slumping somehow, and it was a recipe for, like, the utmost disaster. The Dolphins are a good offense, absolutely, and they're playing good ball. They deserve credit for what they did yesterday, but a week prior to the Broncos game, the Patriots held the Dolphins to 24 points. I mean, so it's one thing if you lose the game to Miami, it's hard to play there. The Broncos never play well at one o'clock on the East Coast, yada, yada. But to lose in that fashion, to lose by 50 points, to allow 70, 24 missed tackles, 10 total touchdowns. I think it was the first time a team had five passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns in the same game. It is, I mean, yes. That is pathetic, Chad. There's no way sure. to really justify that. They quit on their defensive coaches, namely Vance Joseph. And you can see it in the tape. You can see it in screenshots. There's a shot of um, on Twitter circulating uh, Devon A-Chain, A-Chan, whatever his name is, running, sprinting toward the end zone. There's like a, a 
five or six Broncos players just laying on the ground and watching him run by. If any picture summed up the 2016 to 2023 Broncos, it's that. And the sad part is it's only getting worse, not better. Doug, thank you, bro. So good to see you on Facebook. Really appreciate you, big dog. Um, the Papa Bears he's known in his neck of the woods. David McElrath chiming in as well. Good evening right back at you, my friend. So good to see you tonight. Uh, I'm glad to see many. I mean, this everyone's pissed. Everyone's upset about what happened. But I got to tell you, I'm glad to see everybody trying to keep their chin up on this and, and face what's happening. It's very encouraging. And I give you props. Brad, thank you, buddy. He says, we need a full rebuild. Trade everyone. Try to get rid of as many contacts uh, contracts as possible. Gather as many assets as you can. And we might be relevant in four or five years. Stop with the Band-Aid. I mean, Zach, if you would have said to me, I mean, the pragmatist would have would have maybe answered it differently, but like off the cuff, you know, hey, thoughts of trading Patrick Sertan before week three. I said, oh, I would have been like very wishy-washy about even considering the notion that you want to talk about guys who, who threw in the towel. Sertan was one of those guys. And I know this is taboo. You know, when you cover a team, you're not supposed to talk like this. But there were guys who quit on this team in the game. All right. And uh, you go back and watch the tape. It's quite evident, especially on defense, that, I mean, who didn't? Who did not basically just shrug and say, to heck with it, uh, you know, let's go through the motions and only add, just intensifying what happened. Sertan was one of those guys, I'm sorry to tell you. Alex Singleton, really good sideline to sideline guy chasing uh, ball carriers when it comes to the run game and, you know, underneath stuff. But if you have to ask him to cover in any way, shape, or form. You are screwed. Drew Sanders, as exciting as uh, he is as a young guy, uh, being thrown into that fire. I mean, you want to talk about welcome to the NFL rookie moment. Brutal. And not only was it a brutal situation, he was not equal to his task. He looked like a fish out of water. And the fact that he's still learning very much just the position of inside linebacker was quite evident. That was bad. Broncos need some depth there. I mean, seriously, I think Sanders can still go on to be a great player. It's not some kind of uh, condemnation, Zach, on his overall career outlook. But in terms of fielding a, a, a plausible, credible defense right now, if you have to go any further into the season without Josie Jewell, you need a better, more experienced option at inside linebacker than Drew Sanders. That's not to say Drew Sanders doesn't play. I'm just saying you need someone who can offset some of that uh, youthful inexperience. But, Zach, I could continue. So many guys – gave up the ghost, especially on defense early in that game. Offensively, I mean, if you take away those two Cortland Sutton fumbles and some of those ticky-tack uh, penalties, especially in the red zone that were wiping touchdowns off the off the board, it could be it could have taken the Broncos were still losing that game, no matter what. But it could have been very different in terms of the scoreboard. And even Sutton, Zach letting a touchdown pass go through his, his hands. Finished statistically with a decent day at the office, but that was literally probably Cortland Sutton's worst day as a pro. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's crazy how fast that Marvin Mims went from a rookie buried on the depth chart to being the Broncos' best receiver. He needs to be getting the ball consistently, you know, at least 10 to 12 looks per game. About the defense, though, you mentioned PS2. On Twitter last night, I saw Patrick Sertan Sr. actually kind of express some frustration over the incident and say that PS2 deserves better. Now, let me ask you this, Chad. In 2021, PS2's rookie year, they didn't make the playoffs. Losing season. Did we hear that from, from Patrick Sr.? No. 2022, horrible season. We didn't hear that from Patrick Sr. How is it VJ comes in, PS2 does not get better. He stagnates as a talent. Still great talent, but he stagnates. And now you have you know his father intimating that he should be out of Denver. No player has gotten better, not a singular player under Vance Joseph's leadership since he's been here. And even going back to his first stint, that's what a good coach is supposed to do is make average players good, good players great, bad players average. Everyone's gotten worse under VJ. It's not one or two. It's not a coincidence. This is coaching incompetence that is cancerous from the top down. But Peyton can't fire him because, because of pride because of the message it sends. And so what is that? It's a it's a quintessential um, proverbial cutting off your nose to spite your face situation. Like you think you think you're saving your, you think you're saving face, but in reality you're you're actually costing yourself not only in credibility, but you're costing yourself in you know the ability to produce in this game, which is the only way to produce is win when you're a head coach. Casey Nickel, what's up, dude? So good to see you, my friend. Uh, really appreciate you. He says, uh, first, those hats are dope. I need one of each that you guys are wearing. Uh, well, this one, my, my dog, you can get at mhhmerch.com. He says, second, remember when Derek Wolf made the comment, I just want to go, I just go where I'm told to go when the defense was so frustrated with VJ, it still rings loud. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I'm having, like many of you, I'm sure you could agree with this, Zach, flashbacks from those really just shocking 2017 and 2018 seasons under BJ, like it's upside down world. Here we go again. I've tried to black out a lot of those memories and uh, you know, witnessing yesterday's game kind of pulled one back into the front of my mind. And that would be, as we talked about in the lead up to the game, the 2017 Adam Gase revenge tour against the Broncos. And it was like 48 to seven or something like that. Ironically, VJ played a part in both of those defeats. So the common denominator here, it's not a player or another assistant. It is Vance Desmond Joseph. It really is about metal M E T T L E because, and this is a good point. Scott brings up dolphins also had a score wiped off the board. All right. But that didn't stop them. They didn't go, Oh crap. Let's go ahead and throw in the towel on this possession. Dak gummit. And the Broncos, they just, it's still, man, at the very first sign of a turning of the momentum, right, of of adversity, et cetera, they, they just fold. They go into this shell, and it's like you, seeing a kid, like a teenager, you're trying to shake them, going, no, no, just keep your head up. It's going to be okay. Stay in the moment. Stay poised. Keep your presence of mind. 
Uh, and again, this is something Sean Payton talked about today. How do you fix this? How did well leadership's going to be big in this? Well, who are the leaders, coach? That's what I want to know. You named your team captains. Where are they in terms of leading the charge, keeping guys focused, keeping guys engaged, keeping the intensity levels up, etc.? The Duchess, what is up, Michaela? We love you. We appreciate you uh, so much. She says, first time in NFL history, a team gave out five passing scores and five touch up uh, rushing scores. Do I need to say more? Worst loss in NFL history. It's up there. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. I think uh, I heard a few Broncos fans, Zach, say that that Jamarcus Russell, 59, whatever, beat down back in the day was worse in terms of how it felt pride-wise because not only was it the Raiders, but it was Jamarcus. I, I don't think anything really tops this, though. I got to be honest with you. It's not just the 70 points. It's the complexion. It's the calculus, how you got there. Right. As you just said, Michaela, five rushing scores, seven passing scores. Zach, he had the quarterback had more passing. He had more touchdown passes than he had incompletions in a game. It's absolutely shameful. The Broncos couldn't tackle. And I get it. And I brought this up earlier just as a, you know, setting the stage, keeping the context as true as possible. Very talented team, the Dolphins on offense. A lot of that short area, quick burst. It's not really a the kind of personnel that favors what the Broncos have in the secondary, especially, and at linebacker. So if you're going to even have a chance against a team like that, you got to scheme your uh, cashews off. And wrong guy for that. Duchess with number two, and then I'm serving it back, Zach. She says, make sure to make it hurt even more. I found out when Shanahan left Washington. We had a deal for him to come back along with Kirk Cousins, but Joe Ellis shot the trade down. We didn't have to go through all this. Yeah, referencing the uh, – was it year one or tail end of uh, – and she says also number three, love you, Michaela. Pat Bowen rolling in his grave. Uh, it was after the Vance Joseph first year there there was the report from Woody Page that, yes, indeed, Joe Ellis shot down John Elway's plan to bring back Mike Shanahan. How about before that? I, I don't want to spend too much tonight reflecting from, you know, six or seven years ago, but even before they hired VJ, they had a chance to hire Kyle Shanahan and keep Wade Phillips. And instead they went with VJ and Joe Woods. It's just been a bad mistake after bad mistake. And they finally got the offense rolling and now their defense is uh, taking a dump, so to speak. The, the first 70 point NFL game in 50 years. I mean, if you put on Madden and, if the result is the same, your head coach in that game is getting fired. It's a fireable offense to allow 70 points to put up 20 points in an NFL game, Chad, and still lose by 50, 50, no words. Yeah, it's, uh, it defies belief, man. Like it really is inexplicable. Um, Mark McDonald throwing down some massive, massive Thank you, Mark. stars on Facebook Love you, man. Really appreciate you, Mark. He says, I'm still sick to my stomach over this embarrassing blowout. Brighter days ahead, I hope. It can't stay bad forever. Well, Sean Payton, I mean, I don't know how much people care to hear this right now because Sean Payton already, Zach, has lost the uh, honeymoon period. That benefit of the doubt, it's gone. But uh, when he was asked on his response to, to fans, etc., what's his message to fans? Quote, first off, to the fans, we're going to work our tail off and get this ship straightened away. That's going to happen. There's going to be a process involved in that, meaning it's not going to happen overnight. 
Certainly, there's a lot of work ahead of us. The key is finding these guys, putting them in the right positions to be successful, and then that confidence that comes with winning, that's the main thing. Second half of that, Zach, is very gobbledygook coach speak that doesn't mean a damn thing in the final analysis. But the first half, trying to impart some confidence, some assurity to the fans that, hey, uh, it's going to happen. There will be a process involved. We've got a lot of work ahead of us, but it's going to happen. How do you uh, interpret that? Don't talk about it. Be about it. I'm so sick of hearing brighter days are ahead or it will get better or it'll turn around. This is the Broncos year or just wait. They've been saying that for seven freaking years now. Enough talking. Go out there and start winning football games or at least don't lose by 50 points to an opponent. So Sean Payton said what he had to say. It was pure PR. I'm not reading too much into it. And his words, this is coming from a major Sean Payton supporter. His words to me, Chad, going forward are hollow until they win some football games. Bottom line, Claude, we totally understand. He says, ouch, boys, never again. Go Broncos. Really appreciate you, bro. Big time, some uh, big boy stars as well. So Claude Riley throwing down. You know we love you. We appreciate you, big dog. Um, also we got Mike Reno on Facebook saying the plays being called on defense are putting the players out of position to make plays versus in position to make plays. Yeah. And that's something I think even Sean Payton is acknowledging publicly that, uh, you know, I mean, just that quote I just read, obviously we got to put these guys in a position to succeed. And that starts with scheme that starts with, there's a lot of different aspects that go into that, but yes, Mike, uh, and Zach, just Vance Joseph, his uh, take on defense so far, um, it's not really translating for the Broncos. And uh, you basically had four years of the Fangio scheme in Denver, four consecutive years of that. And it seeps into all the crevices and the cracks and the foundation. Like that's what all these players really know. And uh, this has been quite different. The only similarities I think really, Zach, is he tried to keep some of the nomenclature the same in terms of classifying a blitz or like a shell coverage or whatever. It's all the same verbiage, but in terms of the actual scheme itself, it's the same old, same old VJ thing. And it's putting some of these guys who you would think would thrive like in one-on-one in, in man coverage, for example, Zach, like Patrick Sertan, you would expect him to thrive in that against a Dolphins team. He is not cut out to run with a Tyree kill. Uh, and then on top of that, no one can tackle. I've never seen anything like it. Like, Hey, we 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 would clown Big Fangio for for good reason over the years, Zach. But the one thing that mostly he was able to stay true to uh, in that initial um, you know philosophy that he put down as as a head coach was tackling non negotiable. Um, somewhere along the way, Vance Joseph missed that day of class. You know, he he wasn't in that particular um, class, and it's unfortunate. You know, in VJ's class, tackling's optional. You know, covering is optional. Playing defense is optional. And that and that's the the sad reality. And for anyone, anyone out there, if there's still a straggler who doesn't believe that VJ or the defense is at fault, let me ask you a few questions. And I'm not saying this rhetorically. I'm genuinely wondering if you have some answers. How come a first-year coordinator in a Giro Evero had this defense humming? No 70-point games, no massive blowouts, more sacks, more pressure, more everything with the same freaking personnel. Number one. Number two, how come suddenly, suddenly, Arizona's defense went from being near the bottom or at the bottom of the league to actually playing respectable football with VJ no longer in the building? 
answer me those two things and we'll have a discussion about maybe why VJ should get a pass. But until you can refute those two points, he should be fired yesterday. Drew Peterson. What's up, dude? Thank you for the support on Facebook. My dog, he says, what is the realistic win loss total for the season is a nine and eight winning season doable. Love you guys. Denver Bronx for life. Right back at you, Drew. Much love and respect, big dog. Um, the way it's looking, honestly, I have a hard time right now, and I don't, and again, I'm trying to stay optimistic, but based on what I've seen through three games, Zach, like, I think if you can get to six wins, that would be, wow, you won six games? Think about it, guys. You're three weeks in, you've got zero. Even last year, the wildly incompetent in over his head, Nathaniel Hackett, where was he after three games? Two and one. And then it really went downhill. It was after week three, Zach, that MHH meet and greet where it went kaboom and became a, a whole different thing. But I don't know, man. Anything's possible. Weird things happen. There's always uh, exceptions that prove the rule and, you know, all of that. But based on the law of averages, based on probabilities, I think your best case scenario would probably be something like six wins unless there's some absolutely shocking you know, reversal of course here. I think though, Chad, you kind of just indirectly proved my previous point. How come Hackett, as bad of a coach as he is, was able to go two and one? And how come Sean Payton is 0 and 3? The answer lies with the defense and the coaches that were changed out. Ajiro Evero knew how to coordinate a defense and the players were playing up for him. That allowed temporarily the Broncos to kind of mask the stink of Nathaniel Hackett. Now you can't mask it because whatever good that Sean Payton's doing on the offensive side of the ball, and he is measurably, measurably, it's getting overpowered and transcended by VJ's defense. So it all comes down once again to that. All roads lead to Vance. Uh, before we grab another comment or super chat, guys, we are 25 days now into the month of September. It's been a few days since we've done a, an update on the super chat uh, raffle contest on YouTube. So let's get, let's take care of that business real quick. We have a lot of changes here, as you guys know. And for those of you who are new, We've had a lot of, of new subscribers over the last month or so. So if you haven't heard this before, uh, each and every month we take the top 10 finishers on Super Chat, and that's cumulative. Those names go in a hat, and live we do a virtual raffle. The winner gets a Broncos jersey of their choosing. And, you know, the if, if you're number one, you're going to have a, a, a more tickets in the hat, so to speak, than whoever's at number 10 etc etc but there's still that element of randomness so here's the current rankings a new number one Naj Altaf the legendary mythical figure has leapfrogged many spots to currently be in sole possession of number one FA is at number two the Duchess Michaela Parker's been doing some climbing she's at three Ethan aka DWI guys who's uh across the pond mostly able to uh, be on the morning shows at number four, the lady D climbing into the top five. Uh, currently love seeing that Deanna. And then here's the uh, number six, Troy Boer, seven, Gary Palmer, the swashbuckler, eight, Zeus McPeak, nine, Gregory Vendeland, and 10, Chris Hernandez, who we got to hear from yesterday, a legendary mythical super chat, superstar Mount Rushmore. And then just a few names outside. You can see there, Casey Nickel, David McElrath, Patriot Tex. So there is your update as of 
you know, we've got five days left, four days after today. So uh, there you have it. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if you're not in the top 10, don't think we don't love you. We love and appreciate you very, very much. Uh, Phil, so good to see you, my friend, down in Tucson. He says, evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. I was disappointed last year at this time with Hackett, but damn, this is worse. No way I would have believed this could be happening this year. Hashtag Buckham, MHH for left, go Broncos. It, I agree. I wouldn't have seen this coming. Uh, definitely Zach wouldn't have seen 0-3, but if there was even a part of me that could have seen 0-3, then I would never have guessed a 70-burger. You relinquish a 70-burger, and it's not a video game. It's not an alternate reality. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to grab Tom and serve it over to you. Tom, love you, bro. He says, guys, cut or trade Simmons, Sutton, uh, Jones, Gregory, Bowles, Patrick, and Jewel by next year. That would clear over $80 million with little to no dead money. With that said, who replaces them beats me. Zach, I'm A-OK with many of these names, honestly, being uh, dangled, depending on how the next three or four weeks unfold. Well, to your previous point, um, most of us, I remember when the schedule came out and uh, Chad, as we normally do every year, we went game by game and gave our early predictions. Most of us have the Dolphins game as a loss. Most of us expected that. What we didn't expect or assume was that they would start 0-2 before yeah. that Miami game. They could afford to lose against Miami if they were 2-0 at that point or even yeah. um, you know, 1-1. But that's... That was the problem. You lost to the Raiders at home. You lost to the Commanders at home. Two beatable teams, quite frankly, that you should have beaten, and you didn't. So that's why the not only did you start 0-3, you, you started it with a 50-point loss in your last game. But to Tom's question here, I'll go blow by blow. I'm cool getting rid of Simmons, Sutton, Jones, Gregory. But I, yeah, I think I'm cool with all of them. Patrick is the only one I was kind of um, apprehensive about, but I don't know how much he has left to offer coming off the ACL and an Achilles. Like I, I said, he, he might be talking about Sertan. I'm not sure, but I mean, Patrick, you're not getting anything for him anyways. So, I mean, you might cut him. As he said, I guess they'll cut. Yeah. Okay. My bad. If it's Sertan, I'm, unless you get two first round picks, at least I'm not entertaining the possibility. You need some sort of bedrock to lean on, Chad. On offense, you have Marvin Mims, defense, that's Patrick Sertan. But if you want to do this right, I agree with Tom. You're going to have to go through a little bit of cap hell. If you want to rebuild properly, you have to shed the bloated contracts. And I fully um, support them starting with these players. Simmons, I'm definitely up for it. Uh, Sutton, yes. Um, Jones, for sure. Uh, Gregory is, I mean, if you watch the tape, dude, of that game, especially week three, I mean, he's been mostly a non-factor. He had a couple of redeeming moments in week two, but week three, dude, like embarrassingly aloof, embarrassingly yeah. disinterested in doing his job. Uh, like, get off my roster. like. And that's another thing I'm curious to see, and then we're, I'll grab White Lightning is, you know, Sean Payton admitted today on the conference call, uh, if I was planning on making any changes, whether it's a coaching change or personnel like starters being benched, et cetera, I'm definitely not going to announce it in a conference call. You, you wouldn't learn about it here. Um, that being said, I wouldn't be surprised, Zach. I know that they don't have the great depth at many different positions, but there has to be some sort of consequence and so the bit to, to what happened yesterday, and if it's not going to be VJ's head that rolls, there are plenty of players that were absolutely complicit in what happened. Unacceptable, embarrassing. I'm using words that Sean Payton used, by the way. 
and someone there needs to be accountability. And to me, I'm going to feel a lot better. Like if they line up uh, against the bears on the first defensive snap, and it's not Randy Gregory out there, mm-hmm. it's it's Nick Benito as even if Gregory still plays a lot as a, you know, guy coming in and out, but it's a symbolic show uh, example of, there will be repercussions for this BS. White Lightning, love you, bud. Did Peyton ever quickly fire a coach in New Orleans? Zach, uh, I don't know how well your your Saints Rolodex of uh, you know memory is, but not very great. Though I uh, do know what Sean Payton said when he took the Broncos job. He said he would be uh, slow to hire and quick to fire. And already it seems like he's going against that that um, that that principle by keeping yeah. VJ around. Um, I don't know what the repercussion could be. I have one uh, suggestion, though, that the Broncos could do. If they don't want to fire VJ, you have to make an example out of someone. And I'm not saying this because of my personal bias. I would cut Kareem Jackson. Hear me out. Not only with the headhunting, the personal fouls, his lack of coverage ability. If you watch the film from yesterday's game, so he many missed tackles. flat out did not try. He gave up. He was standing around and literally watching the plays in front of him. He does not care, does not have it. He's collecting a paycheck at this point. He's also a captain. So that would be killing two birds with one stone. We can get rid of a player that's being a detriment to the team while also holding someone accountable and showing that even if you're a captain, even if you're a respected locker room legend like KJ is, if you don't show up and do your job, if you are contributing to the fact that the Broncos are 0-3, you're out of here. Dude, my heart can go there with you. My head goes, well, but Simmons isn't healthy and – you know, we're so used to Damari Mathis being the guy that opponents try to pick on. Yesterday, it was uh, Delarian Turner Yell, the backup safety that saw a ton, a ton of reps yesterday because right. of Simmons being out. It's like, gosh. But but at this point, what do you have to lose? That's where I'm, I am I err on the side of what you're saying because you, a message has to be sent. Like, where is the Bill Parcellian, um, no-nonsense, pragmatic, tough love side of Sean Payton that we've heard and, 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 you know, in different points in New Orleans or whatever, uh, let's see it. Let's see something beyond the talk. Kendrick, what's up, bro? So good to see you two nights in a row. We love it. Big dog. He says in order for VJ to gain a scent, you read that right. A scent of humility. We would have to shut out the bears and the jets. LOL. Hashtag MHH for life. Go Broncos. Yeah, I mean, a shutout two games in a row would earn back a little bit of love if you get the Bron and the Broncos are now suddenly at two and three. I mean, yeah, you could you could probably uh, earn back a little bit, a little bit of love, but that would be a tall task, as you're pointing out there, Kendrick. I've tried to be an optimist with the Broncos the last year or so, and uh, I find myself, Chad, slowly kind of veering toward the skeptical negative side. Considering the product on the field, all I can do is judge what I'm seeing, and they don't deserve any sort of praise. But I kind of chuckled when we're talking about shutting out a team, even as bad as the Bears are, even as bad as the Jets are with Zach Wilson. You just gave up 70 points, 10 touchdowns, set NFL records up and down the board. The Broncos have no business talking about shutting anyone out, whether it's the Bears or whether it's a a peewee team. I agree, but hear me out on something, and then I'm going to grab the Lady D. I don't care what the complexion of it is. If you get wins in consecutive weeks coming out of this, each one of those wins, if you beat the Bears, 
not an impressive win. Even if you blow them out, no one's going to be impressed. It's the Bears. But it's a win, and it starts building a little confidence in the whole operation, on the players, individually, collectively. You go out and you win that next game. You beat the Jets. All of a sudden, guys are believing a little bit more, and it it's a it's a it's a tide that can raise ships and allow players to gain back the confidence because confidence is what allows players to actually perform beyond their capabilities. It's not just uh, meeting their capabilities or playing at their capabilities. Having kind of a swagger and a confidence that is a little outsized of your actual ability, believe it or not, it does allow you to perform at levels that you wouldn't necessarily think you could. So that's what a couple of wins like this back-to-back, you know, it could buy back some of that for them and put them in a stronger position moving forward. But these are big ifs and buts. I mean, we know this saying, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we all would have a a Merry Christmas or we all would have a 3-0 Broncos. (laughs) Lady D, love you. Number two tonight, she says, from the top rope. Thank you, Deanna, so much. Keeping VJ gives Coach Sean Payton a scapegoat. I'm with Zach. I'm sick of the excuses. Evero was a true defensive coach. VJ isn't. That's the difference. Bring in anyone, and our defensive players would have a turnaround. Still love you guys. We love you, too. We're looking forward to seeing you uh, in less than a month. But, Zach, there are some options, you know, Um John Pagano still in town. He could step in. He's got experience calling plays. He knows a lot of the personnel from his short time here. Um, there are guys out there you could bring in. You could call Wade Phillips and pay a King's ransom. You could call Rex Ryan and pay a King's ransom and say, it's not ideal. I know you don't get to do your install, but especially in the case of Wade Phillips, I know this is not going to happen, guys, so please don't get your hopes up. But just for the sake of our conversation, and then we'll wrap rapid fire because we're getting along here. But at least in the case of Wade Phillips, this is basically his scheme. So he could come in and take over right away. He learned some of the nomenclature changes, some of the verbiage they changed, and they probably would be okay. But you'd have to throw a boatload of money at that dude to take on a mess like that um, and then also to just come back to the NFL. Well, what are you doing Sunday, Chad? You free by any chance? Yeah, put Jensen on the mic. You know, give me the headset. You literally cannot be worse. I mean, I could pick a random person off the street, say, hey, you come over here and coordinate the Broncos defense. They wouldn't allow 70 and 10 touchdowns. So you can look internally and you have Christian Parker, Marcus Dixon, Greg Minuski, Joe Vitt. You mentioned Pagano externally. You know, Wade Phillips is the GM, I think, or the head coach and or the head coach of the XFL, the Houston XFL franchise. There's Rex Ryan who continues to go on ESPN as he did today and kind of lament the fact that he didn't get the Broncos job and just can't stop talking crap. He's right, but can't stop talking crap about the Broncos defense. No, I think you, you've you made your bed to this point. You're 0-3, and if you weren't going to fire VJ after allowing, again, 70 points, then you're probably going to roll with him through the duration of the season, at least through the bye week. Gives you the plausible deniability, exactly. uh, gives you that scapegoat, allows you to, I guess, internally feel like you're saving face. I don't know, because in the final analysis, I don't think it really helps him. It This actually makes Sean Payton look worse. Now, if the only exception to that is, what if he's right? What if they turn it around and then all of a sudden he looks like the smartest guy in the room? That's a big if. You want to talk about ifs and buts, candy and nuts, uh, Christmas and all that, that's a big if. George, appreciate you, bro. The defense has to change. We can't stay with where uh, we're playing, get rid of BJ. Uh, We hear you, big dog. Woofy Malat in the house saying, after Sutton's second fumble, I stopped watching. I actually had a few tears because we are a joke right now. 
Denver Rocks for Life, hashtag numb, hashtag fire VJ. I feel you. I was gen- genuinely, I told you guys this last night on the podcast. I told it to my brother. I saw my brother yesterday. I was like, dude, I actually felt like I was in like a, a weird fugue state for a minute after that game. Like from like the middle of the third quarter on, I was like just bizarrely kind of out of it, just trying to process what I saw. Uh, Ted, brother, appreciate you. He says, this felt like a quick game. That usually happens late in the season. For many of these players, these past six years have all felt like one losing season. I mean, yeah, you had Garrett Bowles last night right. uh, in his locker dropping the S-bomb, you know, saying, how does it feel right now? What are the emotions? S-bomb. S-bomb. I've been here seven years. All I know is losing. I'm sick of it. You know, you kind of feel for him a little bit, but at the same a time, lot. it's like, well, turn the ship around. Yeah, I mean, I've never been the biggest fan of Garrett Bowles, the player. I think that's made pretty apparent over the course of uh, six years, but I've been a big fan of Garrett Bowles, the human. And Garrett Bowles, the human, came out in that uh, post-game news conference, whatever it was, by his locker, and he just looked completely broken. I mean, beyond recognition. You see why the, the players are starting to fracture. You see what can happen when you have coaching rot. It's nothing new to the Broncos. They've had coaching rot for seven years, but it's reached a point of critical mass now when even offensive players, the offense isn't the problem, yet they're the ones still feeling it the most. And it's fans like Woofy and Michaela and Deanna and everyone, Silent One, each and every one of you, I am angry for you guys. I am sad and dejected for you guys. You deserve so much better being, I think, the best fans in the whole world. Silent one with a direct question for Zach. Appreciate you, silent one. Zach, who was the defensive coordinator when Baker and the lowly Rams put up 50-something on Christmas Day last year? How many players were on IR by that point? And how many times was the defense being sent back onto the field because the offense couldn't do anything? I understand that game was a stinker, but you're allowed once in a while to have a bad game, especially when you're a first-year coordinator, especially when your offense is doing you no favors, and especially when you lost half of your talent to the injured list. So Azuro Evero was far from perfect, but when you compare him to Vance Joseph, it's comparing like Bill Belichick and your local YMCA coach. There's no contest whatsoever. Uh, Money more. Good to see you again tonight, brother. Two nights in a row. We love it. He says, every time I think it'll get better, it's worse. I know, dude. I know. Kyle Evans. Appreciate you, Kyle. Me and my coworker were talking. If Vance Joseph didn't get fired today, they're tanking for Caleb Williams, I think. What are your thoughts? You know, I think that's kind of the fallback. What's the worst? Hey, you know, coach gets back on the flight last night from Miami, right? The team arrives today, probably a meeting at some point with the Walton Penners. One of his messages of, hey, we're staying the course. Yeah, it was embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not going to fire VJ. Uh, we're going to really work to get this fixed. I'm going to stay true to my vision, why I hired VJ. We're going to da-da-da. But, you know, what's the worst that could happen, guys? You know I'm here for the long haul. We're here to f- turn this into a full-time turnaround where the Broncos are officially 100% back. So what's the worst that could happen? We get Caleb Williams. So trust in me for now. You know, something to that effect, Zach, I could see being floated, but I don't think it's the reason. I don't think tanking is is why this is happening. I don't that's not the objective per se. This that's makes it even more scary, Zach, is they're actually trying to go out there and win and look what's happening. Yeah, exactly. They just suck. That's the that's the cold hard truth to it. They're not even trying to lose. They're just losing while giving their best effort. But um I, tanking, you know, after 
Sean Payton decided not to fire VJ, I got a lot of response on Twitter saying tank in progress, tank confirmed. So I asked directly, I said, do you guys genuinely believe those in Broncos country that the team is tanking 2023? And I was shocked at how many yeses I got that people truly honestly believe the Broncos are intentionally trying to lose games in order to lock down their draft position. I don't think it's intentional though. Now I think they kind of backed into a tank. They're Oh, and three again, they hold the second overall pick and you talked about Chad winning six or seven games or whatever. All that's going to do is set you back in the future even more. Cause you're not going to make the playoffs. It's not good enough by any objective, objective uh, data point. And you're taking yourself out of a top five, top 10 pick. So it's either you make the play, you win 10 games or you lose 14, 13 games. It's, there's really no in-between. And now that you're 0-3, the playoffs are looking like just the, the, the biggest fantasy imaginable. Again, maybe Sean Payton has an ulterior motive. Maybe he's playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. I think the big sign on the whole, where, did the, where does this team's heart lie relative to tanking or trying to put their best foot forward and compete? honestly, will be the quarterback situation. If at any point they sit down a healthy Russell Wilson, uh, I think that will be our, our evidence, you know, uh, case in point, exhibit A. The Duchess again throwing down. We love you, you so feel. much, Michaela. She says, I am sick of the lack of accountability. I want to live to see us be great again. Some of us are up in age, LOL, including yours truly, you know, no spring chicken, but um, – what does that look like, Zach? What is what 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 an ideal? Okay, pretend no one's watching podcasts, no one's listening to uh, press conferences between games. If all the Broncos, uh, all Broncos country saw the last thing they saw, Zach was that total seventy to twenty, and then boom, they're watching Broncos Bears. How between those two games, in an ideal world, could Sean Payton, as the shot caller of this team and the head coach, show? ideal accountability. I mean, he's already chosen not to fire VJ. So nothing is going to happen between the Dolphins game and the Bears game. I think in that game specifically, the defense don't allow 70 points and make sure if you're Sean Payton to get in there, be involved in the defense and not let uh, Vance Joseph run wild free, uh, you know, completely free of his devices, but also score points in the second half. It's not just the defense. I mean, the offense still needs a little work too. So be consistent. Score what you should score, and on defense, just create a sack, a turnover, you know, a stop, get off the field. I think that would be great in the relative term of the 2023 Broncos season. I think if you're not paying attention to anything you and you go from one game to another, the ideal accountability would have been VJ being fired. Yeah. It would be seeing the biggest perpetrators of the quit game in Miami uh, suffer consequences like uh, Randy Gregory, for example, not starting anymore. Doesn't mean he doesn't play, but he's not starting. Um, Kareem Jackson, not starting. Alex Singleton, you can't afford it right now uh, with Josie Jewell being hurt, but he, there were times in that game, especially in the second half, where it looked like he was giving up in terms of his tackling effort and just his pursuit effort and just the lack of poise offensively, Cortland Sutton, sorry, you can't fumble two times. You can't drop a touchdown and maintain a starting job. Brandon Johnson, you're in. But at the same time, guys, the reason these things don't happen in an ideal way that everyone like dreams, this is what should happen, is because coaches are under pressure. They are trying to win. Owners are under pressure. They're trying to win. And they, they always default back 
always uh, is maybe an absolute. They often default back to these are the guys that we pick to be our starters. They give us the best chance to win. They don't have the guts to to make some of those changes. Lawrence, all right, let's rapid fire because we're getting right up to uh, an hour. And Lawrence threw down big time. Really appreciate you, bro, on Facebook. He says, we need Walmart rollback to start circulating. So I don't pay 500 bucks for nosebleeds uh, for my son's birthday coming up. Especially, Lawrence, $500 for nosebleeds on an 0-3 squad. That's where it really uh, gets ski wampus, uh, in my opinion. Well, we we joke about Walmart as you're doing, Lawrence, and uh, the ownership group. But here's where I find some solace. If Sean Payton won't step in and fire VJ at some point, you can damn well expect Greg Penner to get involved and go above Sean Payton and make the necessary changes, a la firing Nathaniel Hackett and all the other um, major moves they've made with the organization. So it's funny to talk about Walmart, but at least there's someone in the building, someone that will hold others accountable. Tyler on Facebook. Thank you, buddy. The defensive drop off from last year to this year is unreal. The only explanation is the uh -huh. coaching hashtag fire Vance Joseph. Amen. Big dog. Uh, Rello country. What's up, buddy? This team has no heart or love for the game. Got to get rid of these soft players. Embarrassment. I can't wear my Broncos gear in public. Yeah, it's especially tough. I mean, 0-3, it's like, hey, but when it's 0-3 on the heels of a 70-burger and a 50-point um, margin, I understand that. I really do understand that. Lady D, wow. whoa, holy smokes. A 200-club super chat lighting up MHH Central. Hats off to you, Lady D. We love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you understand that that's, that just blows us away and uh, – we're very, very grateful. Zach, what do, you, what do you say when, I mean, she's already been showing great, amazing generosity throughout this stream and then kaboom. What can I really say that I haven't already said or we haven't already said? Deanna, you are a superstar of superstars. That's why you're Lady D. That's why we hold you in that high regard, all of you guys. But this amount of generosity is truly humbling, and we are so grateful for it, Deanna. Thank you. Thank you. She says, Sean Payton is not living up to his word. Agreed. He said, quick to fire. But wait, he's not holding anyone accountable. I'm so tired of the lies, MHH for life. I know. And here's the thing. I understand, like, if I try to put myself in his shoes. First of all, I know I wouldn't have hired VJ. But assuming I put myself in his shoes, okay, I hired him for a reason, whatever. I have a hard time firing my coordinator three games in. But... How do I sell that internally? How do I sell that? Hey, externally, nobody's going to be fighting you on firing this guy. You conveniently, conveniently, it sucks. It was the worst possible thing, but your defensive coordinator gave up a record points uh, to an opponent in a single game that have not been seen since 1966. That's a great opportunity to say, hey, I know it goes against convention to fire a, a coordinator this early in, but look, guys, I'm going to stand up here at the podium and I'm going to tell you we gave up 70 points to an opponent in a single game. We allowed them to have five rushing touchdowns and five passing touchdowns. We allowed them to have an NFL record, 726 uh, offensive yards from scrimmage. Jesus. I really wanted it to work out. I thought it was going to be fine, but don't worry. VJ's gone, but don't worry. I have a plan. We're going to get this back and rolling, etc. but he's not doing it. And it's another reason why Zach, He's losing, and maybe he's lost all benefit of the doubt within Broncos country, unfortunately. 
Really well said, Chad. Yeah, I just want to attack on to that, that he put himself in a no-win situation. If you fire VJ now, um, you're kind of creating an atmosphere of fear, and uh, I don't think the players would respond to that. And also, it, it would look, again, it would look a, like a black mark on his own resume because he's the one that handpicked VJ. But if you don't fire him, then you risk losing the players, you risk losing the fan base. It's truly a catch-22, but... He put himself in that situation by doing what you talked about, Chad, hiring VJ in the worst place. There were about 10 red flags that were screaming at Sean Payton saying, do not hire this guy. Do not hire this guy. The Broncos tried it once. It didn't work out. And he he did it anyway. So he kind of deserved in that sense what was coming to him. Unfortunately, Broncos fans don't deserve any of this. You take that fire upon yourself you fall on the sword as the guy that made that decision you jump on that grenade and you say i was wrong if you're really trying to show that accountability component however if you honestly believe he's still you're right the right guy and or at least zach that there's no better option that you could get right now that could fix this in the middle of a season then you move forward and i guess that's probably what he's thinking somewhere his yeah. logic lies somewhere within those two main um, points. F.A., bro, love you. Seriously, you, top F. rope. He says, this team needs talent. Three coaching regimes and the results the same. Uh, the constant, the players. We need better players. Peyton can only do so much. Maybe some of the good players on this team are not as good as we think. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. I think a bigger part of it, in my opinion, F.A., is that it really has become a losing culture. And you were, we were really hoping that Sean Payton could kind of reteach everybody what it means to win, how to win. But it's just not coming out in the wash. Uh, he, with another one, back-to-back, -back, he says, Sean Payton was never going to fire VJ after week three. It would be a bad look to the rest of the league. Now, if this happened week 15 and they were bad, I think VJ's fired. Well, definitely, definitely. But one thing in the calculus there is, again, it wasn't just after week three. It's after week three, and your defense had given up 122 points through 12 quarters, including the most points surrendered in a single game since 1966. That is a point of demarcation that allows you to cut against NFL convention of fire a coordinator, Zach, three games into the season. But he's not. And again, the reason why is because he either still believes in VJ, it's the pride factor as well, uh, and uh, how do you sell it? I don't know. But it's unfortunate that he's staying the course. I hope he ends up being right. I really do. I hope his read on VJ ends up being the, the correct one, Zach, in the final analysis. This defense figures things out, but best predictor of the future is the past. We know this. F.A., I'm not disputing the fact that the talent level was a little overrated, a little misjudged, mm -hmm. and uh, they are hurting at certain spots, but I, I pose these questions to you. You know, the Broncos only have four sacks as a team in three games. All four of those sacks came in week two. How come that wasn't the case under Evero? How come under Evero, they weren't missing 24 tackles in a game? How come under Evero, they weren't allowing 70 points in a single game? It took them five games to reach that mark. Again, it's mostly with the same personnel. If the personnel, the players across the board got worse, I could say, okay, well, it's totally not on the coaching, but... These are the same players, if not better, including Zach Allen, who looked good with VJ in Arizona. He comes to Denver, gets the big contract, and has been a ghost. Justin Simmons hasn't gotten better under VJ. Patrick Sertan hasn't gotten better under VJ. 
you can blame the players, but if you want to make a blame pie out of the defensive situation, I think about 90% of that pie would be reserved for VJ. You guys think back. I mean, Justin Simmons is actually a very good case study on what happens to star players in under Vance Joseph's care. Honestly, put a pin in that for a second. AC, don't believe we'll go full rebuild or tank mode. Rose tinting glasses say after getting injured players back, we should be better. Time will tell. Yeah, but who's coming back? Of the guys that are hurt, who's coming back that's going to forestall uh, additional losses? Who's going to make it so that your offense stays um, productive through four quarters, not just one and two? Who's going to, that's coming back, going to suddenly make the defense start tackling again? Like, I get what you're trying to say, but in this particular case, AC, I'm not sure there's anyone waiting in the wings on IR or who's banged up, pup list, etc., who's really. Ch- game changing this there's no changing of the game from anyone waiting in the wings unfortunately this time's that yeah if you think baron browning is going to come off uh the injured list and and suddenly turn the defense around you are you are sadly mistaken i mean everyone has been on a milk carton under vj and unfortunately when baron does come back he'll be joining them you know in, in absentia chad so to speak all right, guys, we're out of time, so Scott's going to run. We're going to do a rapid fire, make sure we get to everybody. Doug Smith, thank you, bro. Good to see you again two days in a row. Why do fans say tank for a QB? This offense is with the top in the league. Give Vance the blame he uh, needs. Sean Payton knew a, sur- a serviceable defense was all he needed. Vance performed worse than imaginable. Very fair points. We didn't. We Go all ahead. imagined he'd be that bad. Sean Payton Chad is the only one who apparently did not imagine VJ being as bad as he's been in every stop of his career, Miami, Denver, and Arizona. Cody Dove, add all the games of last year. We lost by a total. Okay. Let me get this in time. Add all the games of last year. We lost by a total of 96 points. Rams being 37 of those 96 points. We lost by 50 in one game. That's BS. Hashtag fire Vance Joseph. Uh, failure, dude. PJ Rivas, two dates in a row. Awesome, bro. He says, much love, guys. I hope we're all doing better. Question. Have you guys thought about a collaboration with another Broncos podcast? Go Broncos. Um, no. Haven't. Zach, have you thought about it? Nope. Yeah. Um, thank you for the super chat, bro. Tom Lackhoff, what's up again, bro? He says, gave up 35 to Washington, and they only scored three points this week, and Sam threw four picks, I believe. Shows you how bad our defense mm-hmm. truly is. Uh, yeah, you know, he looked like Joe Montana in week two and mm-hmm. then right back down to earth as a guy in his whatever it was, fourth start this this past Sunday. Feel you on that, Tom. Heckman, two days in a row. Love it. Thank you, Kyle. He says, I count 10 franchise quarterbacks drafted since this era of suck began. <laughs> it's not like the old guard still runs the NFL. A third of the NFL has a new franchise quarterback. It's time to start investing Top 10 picks in QBs can't do that when you have no first-round picks like the Broncos last couple of years. Uh, Scott wanted to jump in. He's like, he's, he says, well, to be fair, we have about five podcasts on MHH, and we always – yeah, that's true. That's the thing to keep in mind is we're not being dismissive. It's just we're very busy, and we have a lot yeah. going on, and uh, we have a very diverse voice when it comes to MHH, all the different pods, you know. Um, some, there's some people might not like Zach or myself or us together, but they love – uh, Scott and Nick in the mornings, and you can say that for any different combination of what we do. Uh, Woofy, brother, thank you again. Number two tonight saying Peyton needs to go scorched earth on VJ, and if we lose to the Bears, I think VJ will be fired. Love you guys, MHH for life. 
hey, dude, we've reached that point where like we're beyond the pale now. So anything goes. Nothing will surprise me. Eric Weber, what's up, priests? And Broncos country was so beyond pissed at yesterday's showing, and I'm still bent for the last seven years of abject failure. Just saw Colin Cowherd take a uh, talk about how many of these currently successful coaches didn't get to a winning plane until year two or three. Got to hang tough, I guess. MHH and never marks for life. I mean, yeah, uh, I think year one, Sean Payton lost his first three games with the with the Saints. I was looking at it the other day. Um, it's just Broncos fans after seven years, they don't want to hear that. You know, they want they expected some results when you have a, a franchise quarterback, when you have a uh, all pro corner and you know, you have so many of the pieces. Why isn't it coming together? That's what Broncos fans are thinking. We're helping you to make sense of that. Thank you, Claude, on these podcasts every night. But that's the gen- that's the overarching thought process that, you know, the thought that Broncos fans are having, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for his entire Saints tenure. I wasn't covering them, but he didn't have VJ as his coordinator. And he didn't lose, I'm assuming, I don't know for a fact, but those first two games of the year stick in my craw. Two beatable opponents at home. You should have won both games and you lost. I'm not comparing Sean Payton of the past. I'm focusing on Sean Payton of the present. Indeed. Mike, we love you. The Ronk, really, really appreciate you, big dog. Uh, Every single day, so consistent. And just helping keep a very cheerful message and, and energy and in, in our community. We love you. We appreciate you. But, guys, we're out of time. We got a couple of quick messages, though, so don't leave quite yet. I cannot believe it's been almost an hour and eight minutes. You guys make this fly. You make it so fun. Another incredible installment of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you got a question about it, check it out right there, mhhmerch.com. Get your swag on. If you haven't dropped us a like, please do so at facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. You can find us on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And make sure you're leaving your football priest a five star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. By the way, that was year two uh, of the initial Peyton regime in New Orleans. They went 0-4 after in his first year making it to the playoffs, um, etc. So I did get that one backwards for what it's worth. But again, you, you can go through and look at this history in New Orleans a lot of uh, less than ideal starts to seasons that are a lot of the time somehow salvaged. So we'll see. We'll see if he's able to duplicate that history in Denver. Uh, but time will tell. Tom, thank you, bro. All this talk about Caleb Williams, he might stay. All this talk about tanking for Caleb Williams, he might stay for the nil earnings. NIL. Right, the NIL earnings. Yes, very true. Uh, here's what Scott says about that. I did some math on NIL. Bryce Young got 25, a $25 million signing bonus. I think that still beats NIL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys. Got to go. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight throwing down. Michaela, Deanna. Uh, let me get to the beginning here. Michaela, Deanna. Uh, oh, Flazify. I didn't see Flazify. That's weird. Another one not showing up. It said, realistically, looking at the schedule, none of the games I would mark as wins, even New York or Chicago. I think tanking or talking about Caleb Williams or Drake May should start to be a real conversation. Thank you, Flazify. 
uh, Troy, Rod TV, David, uh, Brad, Casey, uh, Tom, White Lightning, Kendrick, uh, Woofy, Ted, Money Moore, Kyle, Rello, AC, Silent One, Doug Smith, Cody Dub, PJ, uh, let's see, uh, Kyle Heckman as well. Uh, and then on Facebook, oh, it's doing the stupid thing again where it's not showing showing me on Facebook. Um, Phil, Mike, Mark, I'm going off the top of my head here. Uh, uh, Lawrence, much love and respect. If I missed you, forgive us. Facebook's being lame right now. So love you. Keep your chin up, gang. We'll be back Thursday. Can't wait. See you Thursday night. Have a great start to your week. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com